In this recording, we're going to discuss a famous but also very problematic line in the Haggadah. This comes towards the beginning of Magid. The Haggadah quotes a statement from Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah discussing the mitzvah to remember the exodus from Egypt every day. So there's a debate between Ben Zoma and the rabbis as to whether that should be every day or every day as well as every night. So Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah introduces this whole discussion with the statement, I am like 70 years old. And I did not have the merit of having this mitzvah established as obligatory both in the day and the night until Ben Zoma came around and proved it. And this all comes from the Mishnah in Brachos at the end of the first chapter. So Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah introduces this whole topic with this phrase, I am like 70 years old which is a very strange phrase because it seems to imply that he was not actually 70 years old. Otherwise, he would have just said, I am 70 years old. So it sounds like he's not 70 years old, but he's calling himself as if he's 70 years old. So that's a very strange sentence to say. So the Gemara in Barachos itself, and Ches, deals with this issue in the midst of another story, which is that Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua had an issue, and the rabbis felt that Rabban Gamliel was mistreating him and he had done this earlier. So they decided to depose Rabban Gamliel from being the Nasi, from being the head of the community. So now they had a problem because Rabban Gamliel came from a long line of Nisim. So it wasn't clear who could be the new head of the community. So they went through the great rabbis of that time. Rabbi Yehoshua was out because since he was part of the whole story that caused Rabban Gamliel's downfall, so it would be too painful for Rabban Gamliel to see him become the new head. Rabbi Akiva, who was a towering Torah giant, he was also out because he didn't have the right lineage. He was lacking in zchus avos ancestral merit. So they came to Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah. He was wise. He was a great Talmud Chacham. He was wealthy and he came from distinguished lineage. So they decided to appoint him as the new leader of the community, the new Nasi. So very interesting when they offered him this tremendous job opportunity, he said, I have to go ask my wife. So his wife raised an issue, which is even though right now Rabban Gamliel fell out of favor, but once the issue passes, they're going to want to reappoint him as the head because he knows what he's doing. And then Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah is going to get fired from this new job. So Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah responded that it's still worth it to have the job for a short time period, even if he doesn't hold on to it long term. Then his wife raised another issue, which is that he was too young. The Gemara says, Hahu yoma bar that day he was 18. So 18 was really too young to be the leader of the Jewish people. And the way she phrases this is that he had no white hair. So anyone watching him leading the community and giving his Torah classes would be looking at a young man with all black hair and it would be very noticeable how young he was. So the Gemara tells a miracle happened and he got 18 rows of white hair, which was the equivalent of how old he was. So because he was 18 years old, he now had 18 rows of white hair, which gave him a much older look. And then he was able to assume the position of being the Nasi. And now the Gemara adds, that's why Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah said, I'm like a 70 year old because he wasn't actually 70. He was much younger, but he had white hair that made him
him look like he was much older. So he appeared as if he was 70. It was a great miracle that happened, even though he was much younger. So that's how the Gemara in Brachos in the Bavli explains the line in the Mishnah that Rebbe Lezer said, I'm not actually 70, but I'm like 70 because he had this white hair, which gave him a much older look. Now, there's two other major versions of what happened over here. The second one comes from the Yushalmi in Brachos Dalit Aleph, as well as Tanis Dalit Aleph. And the Yushalmi says that they appointed Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah when he was 16 years old. And his whole head was filled with white hair. So the Yushalmi differs in terms of the age, as well as some of the context of this story. According to the Bavli, Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah was 18, whereas according to the Yushalmi, he was only 16. And according to the Bavli, it was a whole conversation with his wife. Whereas according to the Yushalmi, he just suddenly got white hair. So that's the version of the Yushalmi that appears in our printed texts. Now, there's another version of the Yushalmi, which is quoted by the Rishonim. So the Abu Draham quotes this, as well as the Rush in his commentary on the Mishnah in Brachos, called Pishnayim, as well as the Abar Benel in his commentary on the Haggadah, and the Sefer Yuchsin. They all quote the Yushalmi as saying that Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah was not 16, but he was actually 13. So he was really a very young, almost a child. He was just bar mitzvah, he was 13 years old, and he was still fit to become the Nasi, to be the head of the Jewish people. And the Abu Draham and the Rush, when they quote this Yerushalmi, so they add in another point that according to the Yerushalmi, he got 13 rows of white hair, which was equivalent to his age. That's the same as the Bavli said, that he had 18 rows of white hair, which was equivalent to his being 18 years old. And according to the Abu Draham and the Rush, the same is true in the Yerushalmi, that he got 13 rows of white hair because he was 13 years old. So basically, there are two major traditions here. According to the Bavli, he was 18 and got 18 rows of white hair after his conversation with his wife. Whereas according to the Yushalmi, it's missing the conversation with his wife. And he was either 16 or perhaps even as young as 13. And perhaps he got 13 rows of white hair equivalent to his age. Now, there's one more major tradition about what happened, and this is in the Rambam and his commentary on the Mishnah in Brachos. He explains that because Reb Lezer ben Azariah hayamar belishanos velilmod velikros yom velayla arasher toshash kocho, because he studied Torah so intensely, day and night, all the time, and he gave it all his energy, so he lost a lot of strength. So he aged prematurely because he was studying Torah so intently, and he gave so much of his strength and vigor to the study of Torah, so he lost his youth, and he appeared much older, even though he was a much younger man. So the Rambam basically gives a naturalistic explanation of what happened here, as opposed to the Gemara, which seems to say that it was a miracle that he suddenly appeared older, the Rambam has a natural, more scientific view that because he worked so hard in the study of Torah, so that's why he aged prematurely and he appeared older. Now, this seems in line with the Rambam's general approach that very often when there's something supernatural or miraculous in the Gemara, the Rambam will interpret it in more naturalistic or scientific ways because the Rambam was a great philosopher and he 
preferred to understand things in a more scientific way. This was the famous criticism that the Vilna Gaon has against him in his commentary on the Shulchan Arach, that the Rambam explains everything in scientific and philosophical ways, and he ignores the mystical, magical, supernatural elements. So this seems to be the Rambam following his approach of explaining miracles in more scientific ways, so that's why he alters the Gemara's version of Rebbe Lezer ben Azari. It's not that he's disagreeing, he's just interpreting it in a more scientific way. But we'll see later that there are other approaches in the commentators to explain what the Rambam is doing here. Now, let's analyze each of these major traditions, and I'm basing many of these sources on an article in the Or Yisrael Torah Journal, volume 59, from Rabbi Yisrael Danderovitz. He collects very interesting source material about each of these traditions. So let's begin with the issue as to whether there's actually a debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. As we pointed out, according to the Bavli, Rabbi Lezer Azariah was 18 when this happened, whereas according to the Yerushalmi, he was either 16 or 13, depending on the version. So it seems like there's a debate. On the other hand, there's some commentaries who think that they can harmonize these two sources. So on the one hand, some commentators seem to assume that there is a debate about how old he was. And as we mentioned earlier, some of the Rishonim, including the Abu Draham, the Rosh, the Abarbanel, and the Sefer Yuchsin, they follow the view of the Yerushalmi that he was 13, as opposed to the view of the Bavli that he was 18. Now, this itself is a little bit strange. Why would the Rishonim quote the Yerushalmi over the Bavli when ordinarily the Bavli is considered the more authoritative Gemara? So why are they giving preference to the version found in the Yerushalmi over the version in the Bavli? So on a simple level, even though the Bavli is more authoritative when it comes to Halacha, but the Maritz Chios in his comments on Gitin Zainam and Aleph, so he writes that when it comes to the history and the stories of the lives of the rabbis and the Mishnah and the Gemara, so then it's not always the case that the Bavli is more authoritative. It depends where the rabbi lived. So if he was an Israeli rabbi, the Yerushalmi is actually more authoritative because they knew those traditions better. They had a better sense of the history because they were in the same geographical location. Whereas if he was a Babylonian rabbi, so then the Bavli is more authoritative because they had a sense of what was going on in Babylon. So according to the Maritz Chios's approach, that would explain why the Yerushalmi would be more authoritative about Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah's history because he was an Israeli rabbi. So that would be a simple explanation for why some of the commentators prefer the Yerushalmi's version about this story over the Babli. But there's something even more going on over here, which is that there are many commentators who believe that this whole story in the Bavli is not authentic to the Bavli. It was not in the original version of the Gemara. And there are times throughout the Gemara that we find a passage which the commentators tell us was written by the Gaonim. So after the period of the Gemara ended, there was what's called the Rabbanan Savroi, and they did the final editing and added a little bit to the Gemara. Then came the Gaonim, the most famous of which were Rav Sadia Gaon, Rav Shreira Gaon, Rav Hai Gaon. And then after that was the period of the Rishonim. So in the times of the Gaonim, they still lived in the Babylonian yeshivas. So they had a very similar context to the period of the Gemara. And sometimes things that the Gaonim wrote crept into the Gemara and then were published along with the Gemara. So for example, at the beginning of Kiddushin, those pages were told were written by the Gaonim, but they were not in the original Gemara. So there's a group of commentators, including the Amudei Eish, Rabbi Yisrael Eisenstein, the Rakover 
Eloi in Kisvei HaEloi Meirakov, and Rabbi Yosef Zcharia Stern, who was the Rav of Shavel, in his commentary on the Haggadah, Zecher Yehosef. So they all suggest that this story in the Bavli was not authentic. It was not original. It was added by the Gaonim. And that would explain why some of the Rishonim prefer the version in the Yerushalmi over the Bavli, because in the Yerushalmi, it was authentic. It was original to the Yerushalmi. On the other hand, there are Rishonim, including Rashi and Rav Nisim Gaon, and their commentaries on Brachos Yudbeis, who do refer to the version in the Bavli. But returning to our original issue, these Rishonim who prefer the version of the Yerushalmi over the Bavli seem to believe that there is a real difference. According to the Bavli, he was 18. According to their version in the Yerushalmi, he was only 13, and they prefer that tradition. Now, the Maritzchios in his Sefer Imre Bina Sif Aleph Os Gimel, so he points out that this is not just a theoretical or historical debate, but there's actually a practical halachic distinction between these two versions of the stories. Because the tour records that there's a debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi as to what the minimum age for someone to be appointed a Dayan, a halachic judge, in order to judge financial cases is. According to the Bavli, they must be 18, whereas according to the Yerushalmi, they could be 13. So basically, the Bavli requires a certain amount of maturity, which doesn't come till 18. The Yerushalmi, on the other hand, uses the age of Bar Mitzvah. Once they're an adult, then they could be a Dayan. Says the Maritz Chios, this debate is based on the two versions of how old Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah was when he was appointed the Nasi. According to the Bavli, he was 18. So that reinforces the point that the minimum age for someone to be appointed to a position of leadership and authority is 18. So there's no proof from that story that someone younger than 18 could be appointed as a Dayan. On the other hand, the Yerushalmi, which in the printed version says that he was 16, so obviously someone younger than 18 could be appointed to a position of authority. So that's why the Yerushalmi says that a person could be a Dayan less than 18. Now Rabbi Dan Derovitz points out that the Maritz only had the printed versions of the Yerushalmi, which say that Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah was 16. But according to the version quoted by the Rishonim that he was 13, so that reinforces this whole approach even more strongly because basically the Bavli and the Yerushalmi are applying the youngest possible age that Reb Lezer ben Azariah could have been when he assumed this leadership position. According to the Bavli, he could not have been younger than 18, whereas according to the Yerushalmi, he could not have been younger than 13. But both versions of the story are applying the very minimum age he could have been according to that Gemara when he was appointed. So one could even suggest that it's not to be taken literally that he was 13 or 18, but the Gemara is stressing that he was incredibly young and the age that it uses is the youngest possible age that he could have been in order to be appointed as a Dayan. But either way, according to the Maritz approach and especially based on the version of the Rishonim, so the two Gemaras are not just arguing about a historical or a theoretical aspect, but they're arguing about what is the minimum age for someone to be appointed to a position of authority. So that's all the approach that the Bavli and the Yerushalmi are disagreeing. On the other hand, there is a school of thought that they're not disagreeing at all, that there is a way to harmonize between these two ages. So one attempt comes from Reb Levi Ibn Khabib, the Maral Bach, who was the main opponent of the Tzfat Rabbinate's attempt to restart the concept of smicha. And this was a big debate that went on. The Tzfat rabbis, including Rav Yosef Karo, the Shulchan Arach, 
and many prominent rabbis restarted the concept of smicha, which had been lost in the times of the Mishnah, but based on a comment of the Rambam, they felt that they could restart it. The Maral Bach, on the other hand, was a rabbi in Yerushalayim, and he opposed this. So he wrote the Kuntres HaSmicha, which is his long argument against this effort, and in there he suggests that there's a way to harmonize between the Bavli's age and the Yerushalmi's age, which is that Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah was physically 18 years old. So he had been born 18 years earlier. What the Yerushalmi means when it says that he was 13 is that he started going to school at 5. That's what the Mishnah says, Ben Chamesh Lamikra, that you begin studying Torah at 5. So the Yerushalmi is counting that from the day he started going to Yeshiva at 5 years old, so it was now 13 years later. So the Yerushalmi is counting how many years he had spent in Yeshiva from the time he was 5, but both of them agree that he was 18 years old. And the Maral Bach adds that the reason they focused on different ages is because the Bavli's interested in the 18 rows of white hair, which were equivalent to his age. So that's why it stresses that he was 18. Whereas the Yerushalmi is not interested in how many rows of white hair he had. So that's why the Yerushalmi says that he was 13. Now in the Sefer Amude Yerushalayim, he questions the Maral Bach's approach because as we saw that Budraham and the Rush in their version of the Yerushalmi, they do say that there were 13 rows of white hair equivalent to how old he was. So the Yerushalmi is interested in how many rows of white hair he had. Now, even though this is a minor point against the Maral Bach, what he writes, but it doesn't really change substantively what the Maral Bach says, because it's really just a technical minor point. You could say the same idea that the Yerushalmi focuses on how many years he'd been in school because he got 13 rows of white hair, so he had been in yeshiva for 13 years. So it doesn't really change this approach at all. Now, the second attempt to harmonize the Bavli and the Yerushalmi's age is in the Sefer Masad Yerushalayim, and he suggests, based on the version in the Yerushalmi that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was 16, that what happened was he had passed 16 years, meaning he was at the beginning of his 17th year, and they offered him the job, and then he went to discuss it with his wife, and the back and forth with his wife dragged out for a few months, so by the time he actually accepted the job, he had turned 18. So that would square both the Yerushalmi and the Bavli together, that the conversations began when he was 17 after he had passed 16 years of life. And then he took the job only a year later after he had turned 18. But this approach, Rabbi Dandorovitz points out, seems pretty far-fetched. And the short conversation that he had with his wife wouldn't have taken months and months to resolve. So it doesn't seem likely that this story dragged out for almost a year. So that's the issue of how old Reb Lezer ben Azariah was when this happened and whether we can harmonize the Bavli and the Yerushalmi or not. Now let's move on to the second issue. Both the Bavli and the Yerushalmi's traditions agree that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was not an old man when he said this. He was a young man. He was in his teens, but he appeared older. So that's why he identified himself as if he's like 70. Now the problem is that the Yerushalmi seems to totally contradict itself. Because it makes another comment that Reb Lezer ben Azariah said, I'm like 70, 
Even though Reb Lezer ben Azariah had this high position of leadership, he still lived a long life to 70 years old. Even though ordinarily being in positions of status and leadership shortens one's life. So the Yerushalmi says that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was the exception that even though he occupied a high position, he still lived a long life. So that certainly seems to imply that he was actually 70 years old, because if he was only a teen, then there's no proof that he had lived a long life. So that blatantly contradicts the first tradition of the Yushalmi that he was only 16 or possibly 13, and he just looked older, whereas now the Yushalmi seems to be interpreting this line literally that he was 70 years old. So in fact, the Sefer Charedim in his commentary on the Yushalmi Brachos, as well as the Efet Mare in his commentary there, so they both say that in fact, this line in the Yushalmi does interpret the Mishnah literally, that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was 70 years old when he said this Mishnah, he was not a teen, and this line disagrees with the tradition in the Bavli that he was only 18, but he looked older. So according to this approach, there is now a debate whether Reb Lezer ben Azariah was a teen when he said this, or whether he was actually 70. Now, Reb Yosef Shaul Nathanson, who wrote the Chuvis Shoalumeshiv, in his commentary, Gilion Ashas, so he points out, how could you say that the Yushalmi disagrees with the Bavli as to whether he was a teen or whether he was 70, when the Yushalmi itself says that he was a teen? So it's not a dispute between the Bavli and the Yushalmi, it's an internal contradiction within the Yushalmi itself. So what does the Sefer Charedim and the Efem Mara mean that the Yushalmi disagrees with the Bavli about this when the Yushalmi itself records the tradition that he was only a teen? So in the Tosfos Rabbeinu Yudah Chassid on Brachos, so he suggests a different approach that when the Yushalmi says that Reb Lezer ben Azariah lived a long time, it's not bringing a proof from this line in the Mishnah that he said he was like 70. It's just a fact that they happened to independently know they had a tradition that Reb Lezer ben Azariah had had a long life. So the Yushalmi just records that he was the exception to the rule. And even though he occupied a high position, he still lived a long life. But it has nothing to do with this line in the Mishnah that we're discussing because the Yushalmi also agrees that that line was said when he was only a teenager and he appeared older. There happens to be another tradition that he also lived a long life and that's what the Yushalmi is commenting on. So that's a way to make sense of the internal contradiction in the Yushalmi. Now there's another piece of evidence that Reb Lezer ben Azariah must have been young and not actually 70 years old when he was appointed the Nasi because Rabbeinu Hanan in his commentary on Brachos, so he asks an interesting question. He says, why didn't they appoint Rebbe Eliezer ben Horkinus as the new Nasi? Because he was actually the Rebbe of Rebbe Eliezer ben Azariah. So why did they go to the student and skip over the teacher? When they went through their list of which rabbi could be the Nasi and they crossed off Rebbe Yoshua and Rebbe Akiva, they should have gone to Rebbe Eliezer ben Horkinus instead of going to his student. So Rabbi Nochananal answers, Rebbe Eliezer ben Horkinus couldn't be the new Nasi because he was a Zakein. He was an older man, and a Zakein cannot be on the Sanhedrin. So he was not fit to be the Nasi of the Jewish people, and that's why they went to Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, who was younger. So the Sefer Ateris Yeshua from Rebbe Yeshua of Jikov, so he points out that this answer only works if Rebbe Lezer ben 
Arya was actually a young man. But if he was actually 70, as the Yerushalmi implies, so then this answer wouldn't work because he was also a Zakin. So why should he have had precedence over Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus? So Rabbeinu Hananel's solution to that question also only works according to the view that this line should not be taken literally and Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah was actually much younger at the time. So that's the discussion as to whether there's a tradition in the Yerushalmi and an argument to be made that maybe this line could be taken literally that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was actually 70 at the time. Now, before we move on from the discussion of the Gemara's traditions to go to the Rambam, so it's just worth mentioning briefly a few minor points. Tosvos and Bechoros Nunches Amad Aleph discusses which rabbis were bald, and he quotes that Rav Nisim Gaon quoted in the name of the Yerushalmi that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was bald. And Tosos and Baba Basra quotes this in the name of the Medrish Bereshis Rabbah. Now, the Hagos Yefei Nayim in his glosses in the back of the Gemara in Bechoros, so he asks on Tosvos that we don't find any such source, not in the Yerushalmi and not in the Medrish Bereshis Rabbah. And he quotes that the Seder Adoros asked the same question. So there's a question what the source for this fact that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was bald, where that comes from. Now, the Marsham in his Chuvis, so he quotes that the Ramban quotes a Yerushalmi, which calls him Rebbe Lezer HaKereach, Rebbe Lezer the bald one. So that perhaps is the source from which we derive that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was bald. But based on this new fact, so that's going to alter this tradition a little bit, because we've been assuming until now that Reb Lezer ben Azariah had a full head of black hair, but according to this new variant, he actually was bald, and perhaps the hair that grew on his head was actually the only hair that he had. So that new white hair was new hair, it wasn't black hair that turned into white hair. So that's just an interesting point. Another interesting point is that the Ben Yehoyada in his commentary on Brachos, so he says that the day this story happened was actually Reb Lezer ben Azariah's birthday. Because the Gemara doesn't say that he was 18, it says that day he was 18. So he interprets that to mean that it was his 18th birthday. And the Ben Yehoyada says that's why he merited having this miracle that he aged that day, because on one's birthday there's a special power and they're more likely to receive blessings. So based on this, the Ben Yehoyada says that each person should celebrate their birthday, presumably only their Hebrew birthday, because it's a day of good luck and it's a day when good things can happen to them. So birthday celebration on the Hebrew birthday is a very important concept. And this Gemara, this whole story of Reb Lezer ben Azariah becoming the Nasi happened on his 18th birthday. One final interesting point about this, the great Hasidic Rebbe, the Bnei Yisachar, in his Sefer, Vahaya Bracha, so he writes that based on the language of the Gemara, it sounds like Reb Lezer ben Azariah's hair only turned white for one day. Meaning this was not something that lasted. It wasn't long term that his hair was white white. Just that one day his hair turned white in order to establish that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was fit to be the Nasi. And then after that, it reverted to its original color. So that's also a nice twist on this whole story. Now let's go to the tradition that the Rambam records that no miracle happened to change Reb Lezer ben Azariah's hair color, but because he studied Torah so intensely, so he prematurely aged. So the question that the commentators pose is that 
this seems to go against the Gemara's tradition, which says that there was a miracle that changed his hair color. So we'll go through a few different approaches to try to make sense of this Rambam. The Tosvos Yom Tov in his commentary on Brachos, so he basically says, as we mentioned earlier, that the way of the Rambam is to try to interpret things philosophically and scientifically whenever possible. So the Rambam wanted to move away from the version of the Gemara that it was a miracle to a more scientific or medical explanation of what happened. And since there's no practical halachic ramification to this whole story, so the Rambam is allowed to tweak what it says in the Gemara. If this was an actual halachic question, so then of course the Rambam couldn't change anything from what the Gemara says. But since this is just a historical issue, so the Rambam is allowed to change. And he repeats the same basic idea in his commentary on Nazir Parakeh Mishnahay, that if there's no halachic ramifications, so then the Rishonim are able to tweak what it says in the Gemara. So according to the Tosos Yom Tov, the reason the Rambam changes this story is in order to make it more philosophically palatable so it shouldn't be a miracle. Now there are other approaches. In the Sefer Mishnas Reb Nassan, which is a collection of Reb Nassan Adler's marginal comments on the Mishnah, so Reb Nassan Adler was a towering Torah giant. He was the primary Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, and he was a major figure in his time. But he had a halachic opinion, which was very exceptional. He believed that there is still a prohibition to write down the oral Torah. The only exception is someone who's going to forget, so they need to write it down in order to remember. Most authorities do not agree with this. They believe that even though originally there was a prohibition to write down the oral Torah, but nowadays that's all suspended. But Reb Nassan Adler believed that that prohibition is still in effect. The only exception is for people who are going to forget. So most of us are able to write down our Torah ideas because otherwise we'll forget. But he had a phenomenal memory, so he basically never wrote down his Torah insights. So all they had from him were a few small marginal comments. And Reb Tzvi ben Yamin Arbach, who was a very prominent rabbi in Germany, later he would become controversial, but he published this collection of marginal comments as a Sefer Mishnas Reb Nassan. So Reb Nassan Adler writes on this Mishnah, Ayin Rushalmi. look in the Rushalmi. So it's unclear what he means to say. And Rabbi Arbach suggests that he's trying to propose a solution for the Rambam deviating from the Gemara's traditions. And the way Rabbi Arbach explains Reb Nassan Adler's idea is that since the Rambam saw in the Yerushalmi that there's a line that seems to say that Reb Lezer ben Azaria was actually 70 years old at the time of this story, as we discussed earlier. So the Rambam said there must be a debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi about this whole story, whether it ever happened. According to the Bavli, he was a young teenager at the time. According to the Yerushalmi, he was 70 years old. So the Rambam said, if there's so much discrepancy between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi, then it means that there isn't a clear tradition about what happened. So I can also come up with my own version of events. So that's Rabbi Auerbach's explanation of the Rambam's approach. Basically, the Rambam totally disagrees with the version of events in the Bavli, but the reason he does so is because it seems like the Yerushalmi also disagrees with that. So that gives the Rambam license to come up with his own third tradition about the story of Reb Lezer ben Azariah, why he aged prematurely. 
Now, after the Sefer came out, so the famous Würzburger Rav, Rabbi Yitzchak Dov HaLevi Bamberger, one of the top rabbis in Germany, was looking through it, and he saw this idea, and he was not happy, and he sent a very interesting letter to Rabbi Arbach. This is all recorded in the Torah journal Hama'ayan, volume 18, and that journal specializes in German Jewry. So these were all German rabbis, so that's why this whole discussion is there. So the Würzburger Rav writes to Rabbi Arbach, and he doesn't like this idea that the Rambam dismissed the tradition of the Gemara, especially when reform is beginning and people are starting to question the authority of the Gemara. So he does not think this is a smart thing to be saying, that the Rambam dismissed the historical traditions of the Gemara. And then he touches on a lot of the points that we've already discussed. First of all, he points out that how could Rabbi Arbach say the Yerushalmi disagrees that Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah was a teen and it holds that he was actually 70 years old, when as we've seen, the Yerushalmi itself also records the tradition that he was only a teenager at the time. So there's an internal contradiction in the Yerushalmi, not a debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Again, this is the issue that we discussed earlier. So the Würzburger Rav suggests a nice approach to resolve the contradiction in the Yerushalmi and he says that the debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi is not about what actually happened. Everyone agrees that his hair turned white when he was a teenager and he became the Nasi. The question is, when did he say this Mishnah? So according to the Bavli, he said it when he was 18 years old. He said, even though I'm only 18, I look like I'm 70. Whereas according to the Yerushalmi, he said this Mishnah when he was actually close to 70 years old. But he was referencing the fact that Decades earlier, he had developed white hair in order to look older. So that's how the Yerushalmi can prove both things from the same Mishnah. That on the one hand, his hair turned colors when he was 16 or possibly 13, because that was the reference to the story, that he looked much older than he was. But on the other hand, you can also prove that he lived a long time, because according to the Yerushalmi, he didn't mention this whole Mishnah and reference the whole story until he was a much older man. So according to this approach, there is no substantive debate between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi as to what happened. Both of them agree that when he was a teen, miraculously his hair turned white. The only debate they have is a more minor point, when did he say this Mishnah, when he was still a teenager, when he was still very young, or later when he was much older. So now the Würzburger Rav turns to a new explanation of what did Reb Nassan Adler mean, Ayin Yerushalmi. So he explains that Reb Nassan Adler meant to say that the Rambam does not disagree with our Gemara at all. So unlike the Tosos Yom Tov, who assumes that the Rambam is saying something different from the Gemara, Reb Nassan Adler says that the Rambam agrees with the Gemara. How does he get there? So it's based on the Yerushalmi. The language of the Yerushalmi is that his head, the hair on his head, had turned white. So the Würzburger Rav suggests that there's a distinction between the hair on his head versus the hair in his beard. The hair on his head had turned white naturally because since he studied Torah so intensely, so the head hair had already turned white even though he was a young man. And that's the part of the story that the Yerushalmi is focusing on. So that's why it doesn't mention anything about his discussion with his wife because that had nothing to do with the conversation with his wife 
his head hair had already turned white because he studied Torah so intensely. And that's exactly what the Rambam is referring to in his commentary on the Mishnah. He's saying that because Reb Lezer ben Azariah studied so intensely, so his head hair had turned white. Now the Bavli is referring to the next step of the story. So after they wanted to appoint him as the Nasi, he came home to discuss it with his wife. And his wife said to him, even though your head hair is white, but you wear a hat, people are not necessarily going to see that. And the hair in your beard is totally black. That's the way it goes a lot. People's hair on their head ages before the hair in their beard. So Reb Lezer ben Azariah's wife pointed out that there was still a problem, even though his head hair was white, with the hair in his beard. So then a miracle happened, and the hair in his beard changed colors and became white. So according to the Wurzberger Rav, the Rambam is not disagreeing with any Gemara. The Bavli and the Yerushalmi don't disagree. They're talking about different steps within this story. The Yerushalmi, which the Rambam then interprets, is saying that Reb Lezer ben Azariah's head hair turned white naturally. That was the first thing to turn white. But at the young age of 13 or 18, his beard had not turned white yet. So that's the conversation that he had with his wife. And according to the Bavli, a miracle happened and his beard turned white. So that's the way he makes sense of this. That answers all the questions. And that may be the intention of Reb Nassan Adler. Obviously, this is a very forced story and it doesn't seem to fit exactly with all of these different sources. But that is the Wurzberger Rub's attempt to preserve the tradition of the Gemara, even according to the Rambam. He does not like this idea of the Tosos Yom Tov and Rabbi Arbach that the Rambam can just dismiss the tradition of a Gemara if he doesn't like it. Now, Reb Nassan Adler's great student, the Chassam Sofer, also had an approach to explain what the Rambam is doing here. And his son, the Ksav Sofer, in his commentary on the Torah at the beginning of Parshas Vayelech, quotes this from his father. And it's also in the Chassam Sofer's Sefer on the Torah, Torah's Moshe and Parshas Chaye Sarah. The Chassam Sofer suggests along the lines of the Wurzberger Rav that the Rambam is not disagreeing with the Gemara. He's just adding another point. And that is that generally when someone studies Torah intently, so they should age prematurely because since they're working hard at the study of Torah, so it should age them like any hard work prematurely could age someone. So the same should be true of the study of Torah. But there's a special promise that for those who study Torah, they won't be aged by their study of Torah. So in general, Torah will not age someone, even though on a practical level it should, but there's a special promise that Torah study doesn't age people. So that was the special miracle that happened to Reb Lezer ben Azariah, that Hashem suspended the general rule and he allowed him to be aged by his study of Torah. So this now explains how the Rambam fits in with the Gemara's tradition, because the Rambam is saying that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was now naturally aged, which is true. But in general, people don't naturally age from the study of Torah. But this was a special miracle, as the Gemara says, that Hashem allowed Reb Lezer ben Azariah to age in this situation so that he could get the job of Nasi. So that's how the Chassim Sofer makes sense of the Rambam and fits him in with the tradition of the Gemara. Now we'll end with one final question, which is assuming Reb Lezer ben Azariah had aged prematurely. So he was only 13 or 16 or 18 when he said this. And he said, I'm like 70 because he looked older. So how did he choose the number 70? Why didn't he say, I'm like 50 or 60 or 80 or any other number? What was special about I'm like 70 years old? So there's a cute answer from the Ostrovitzer Rebbe, who was known as a tremendous genius in his Meir Ene Chachamim, the 
third volume in his comments on the Haggadah, and he suggests an answer based on the Gemara in Shabbos, Peites Amid Beis. The Gemara relates that Yitzchak Avinu was defending the Jewish people, and he makes an argument that there's not enough time for a person to sin in the course of their lifetime. And the way he does this math is that the standard lifespan in the Torah and in the Gemara is 70 years old. Now, Hashem does not punish someone for the sins they do in the first 20 years of their life, even though after the bar or bat mitzvah, the earthly court would punish, but the heavenly court does not punish until after 20 years old. So there's 50 years left to sin. Now, half of that time is nighttime. So he seems to assume people don't really sin at night. Maybe they're sleeping or they're home, but they're not really sinning. So there's only 25 years left of daytime. Now, half of that, so 12 and a half years of time, is used for davening and eating and drinking and doing any other responsibilities that a person has to do. So they use 12 and a half years of their adulthood for taking care of regular business. So this equation only leaves 12 and a half years in a normal human lifespan of 70 in order to sin. So Yitzchak Avinu concludes that since there's so few sins, either Hashem should forgive them or each of them will take responsibility for half of those sins. So that's Yitzchak's argument. And obviously there's a lot to say in order to fully explain what's going on over here. But the Ostrovitzer Rebbe points out that according to this Gemara's math, in a 70-year lifespan, there's 12 and a half years where a person gets to choose what direction, how they want to spend their life. So Reb Lezer ben Azariah, who according to the Abu Draham's version in the Yerushalmi, was 13, since he had utilized every moment for the proper reasons to study Torah and to better himself, so he had actually accomplished in his short lifespan what a regular person could accomplish in 70 years. Because in 70 years, a regular person only really has 12 and a half years to choose what to do. And Reb Lezer ben Azariah had already accomplished that much in 13 years. So that's why Reb Lezer ben Azariah called himself specifically a 70-year-old person because of how much he accomplished. So that's a very cute solution. Now, interestingly, the Yeshuos Yaakov and his commentary on Arachayim Simon Reish Lamed Aleph, so he suggests a very similar approach, but this is based on the Bavli's tradition that Reb Lezer ben Azariah was 18 years old. And the way he does the math is that the Gemara in Shabbos says that a quarter of the time is spent on davening and mitzvahs, so even even though a person spends so much of their time doing other things, there is a quarter that's spent doing mitzvahs. Now, those mitzvahs have none of the limitations of the sins. So they don't begin only at 20. A person gets credit for mitzvahs they do even when they're younger than 20, and they don't take a break for nighttime. None of the math of the Gemara about how little time there is to sin applies to doing mitzvahs. So the mitzvahs are a quarter of a 70-year lifespan, which is 17 and a half years. So even though the Gemara is saying that people have so little time to choose what to do, that there's very little time to sin, but the Yeshuas Yaakov is making an important point that there is time to do mitzvahs and to accomplish good things, which is a quarter of the time, which is 17 and a half years. So Reb Lezer ben Azariah, who had utilized his 18 years fully every second he had used to grow and to study Torah, so when he was 18 years old, he called himself like a 
70-year-old person because he had accomplished what a 70-year-old person would be able to accomplish in terms of Torah and mitzvot. So basically, the Yeshuos Yaakov and the Ostrovitzer Rebbe are applying similar math based on the same Gemara, but one arrives at 12 and a half years of accomplishment and the other gets to 17 and a half years of accomplishment. So those are the two versions of the Bavli and the Yerushalmi that either he was 13 or 18.